This is episode 203 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 203 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Haran Afzalzada on the show. And Haran is a interesting investor. He's focused most of his investing career in the Cornwall area of Ontario, which is, for those who are unfamiliar, on the east end of Ontario, right near Ottawa along the 401. And a lot of you may be asking, why Cornwall? What's that? We dove into that in this episode. There's not really a whole lot specifically going on in that town, but it's it's on a main corridor. And I've always thought this about the 401. If you could find something on a main corridor where people go, you're going to find people staying there for one reason or another. And that seems to be the case with Cornwall. So we went over a couple of different deals that Heron has bought in Cornwall, what he's doing with them, how he's doing it, and what he expects to get out of it. It seems like the strong suit is cash flow. The values haven't been pushed up as much there, nor have the rents. It's obviously a tertiary market, and it takes time for the effects to be felt that are felt in the big cities. We dug into that. Heron's background as a surveyor, a realtor, and then of course an investor, how he managed his family life as he invested in a new city that was four hours away from his home, spending weekends away from his wife and kids. Uh, obviously, these things aren't easy, but we dug into to what happened there as well. Just before we get into the episode, I'll remind you that we're hosting the GTA West REI Meetup on a monthly basis. So if you're not in the Facebook group, make sure that you join that so that you can get notified when there are new events. And be sure to check out REI Hot Seat if you haven't already, if you're somebody who likes to dig into the weeds with deal analysis and you like to see the numbers, that's a YouTube only show that I am hosting short form content about you know, 10 to 15 minute videos. So if you're interested in that, information is going to be in the description for this video or if you're listening on one of the audio platforms it'll be in the show notes with that being said please make sure you hit the like subscribe notification bell and leave a five-star rating and review if you're on the audio platforms greatly appreciated without further ado let's jump into episode 203 with Haran Afzalzada hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines real estate investing podcast I have Haran Afzalzada on the show and I know I said that right because I've been practicing it. <laughs> thanks for coming on no problem thanks for having me Andrew yeah, so you said you've been listening for a while. I have. A couple of years now? or uh, Yeah, um, at least two years, I would say. I, I know I've contacted you uh, two years ago, um, just asking questions about lending and private yeah. lending and all that. That was probably the first point of contact. But prior to that, I was listening to you. Okay. Uh, I, I, you're probably my, my most listened to podcast, as, as Spotify nice. has told me. Yeah, I get, I get those notifications uh, around this time of year. I get, start getting tagged in those, so that's always nice. Yeah. Um, seeing people are listening so very cool and so tell me about your story oh okay uh so i um i graduated uh ryerson uh, i have a civil engineering degree i graduated in 2010 i uh i got into land surveying so i've been okay. a licensed ontario land surveyor for about uh 12 years now mm -hmm. i got my license about 10 years ago um i have my realtor license i got that about seven years ago and uh, I started investing about seven years ago as well. Okay, so, so a realtor just... land surveyor. And I think I remember this conversation from quite a ways back. You're like, is there a benefit to being a surveyor? Did you um, say that or was that somebody else? I like, think that I mean, was somebody else. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I already me. see the benefits. Yeah. Well, how do you see the benefits? Uh, so when I'm, when I'm looking at a property, I'm not just looking at like, how can I add value to this, right? Kind of like mm -hmm. an investor's eyes. So I look at it through three sets of eyes. I look at it through like a, a land surveyor's eyes, an investor's eyes, and then a realtor's eyes. Mm -hmm. And 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 the three kind of align together. Um, so, you know, investor, investor eyes, both of you know exactly what we're looking for. Uh, on the land surveying side, I'm looking at the land. Um, is there any easements? Can I sever this? Mm -hmm. um, what's the zoning setbacks on it? Yeah. Uh, how big of a parcel do I need in order to severance this? Um, what can I build on this? So you were doing some of that uh, for the survey company, like the plots, like the building envelopes and all that stuff? No, actually, oh. I, I was I was doing all the... Uh, so I was working in the engineering division okay. at my company, and I was doing a lot of the highway projects. So I did a ton of highway projects all over Ontario. Okay. And I did a lot, quite a bit of traveling in my career, um, which is part of the reason why I ended up where I'm in, currently investing. But um, no, it's just, you know, part of the process of becoming a land surveyor. You learn all these things, right? Yeah. Uh, all these different types of plans. Well, when you're in the industry, you just like hear stuff. You work on a project, you learn something. That's yeah. why, I th you know, people have asked me over the years, like, should I, you know, if I want to be an investor, should I work in the industry? I'm, and so many out there say, no, I think it'd be, it's a great idea to work in something 
that, that you get to hear the lingo you get to be around Absolutely. it all the time because then it just it becomes second nature yeah, yeah and you don't have sure. to think it's hard when you find a deal because you know certain things already exactly exactly yeah, yeah so then uh so you started investing around here i i my very first property was in durham and okay. uh, i bought that with my dad uh, back in 2015 okay and the reason why i got it is because we were sitting at his house and um i just asked him i said dad what's your retirement plan and we're sitting at his house, so he's like, this house, right? But he's he's probably about mm. five years away from retiring now, maybe less than that. Um, but, but his mortgage was not paid off, so there's not a lot of equity built up for him to live a comfortable retirement. Yeah. So I asked him, I'm like, do you want to invest in a property with me? And he said, yeah. And he's always been very supportive of, of like the decisions that I make. So we got into a single-family home in Oshawa, and uh, it was a four-bedroom, three-bathroom and then from there, I kind of took a hiatus because uh, I didn't really know a lot about investing or what's involved. So, yeah. you know, when you're when you're beginning, you have no experience or knowledge. You kind of just, OK, I have to save up my money and then I can buy a property yeah, and then save up some more and then I can buy another one. Right. So that was kind of the path that I was following. Uh, so we bought the property. Um, and then two years later, I, I ended up buying an, another property with one, one of my uh, good friends in Windsor. Uh, and then from there, it, the snowball kind of just started rolling. I started getting educated more. I started listening to podcasts more, such yeah. as yours. And then from there, I learned the Burr method, learned how to like uh, refinance properties, uh, basically leverage as yeah. much as you can, right? Yeah, the Burr method sort of like, for me, I was aware of the concept, but it's just like, wow, that's a bold commitment to buy a property and, and plan to do that. To me, it just seemed like such a bold thing to do yeah back before there was any education that i knew of yeah on the topic matter. yeah for sure i was i was in yeah. the exact same boat right yeah. like because back when i first started investing the properties were not appreciating as much no, as it not did, at all. especially the past three years it was crazy yeah yeah the last three years were insane but i, I think like 2017 was really the start end of 2016 was when things started going a little nuts exactly i started to see anyway yeah 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 so from there, uh, we were investing in Windsor, but then there was a flood of investors that came into Windsor. Yeah. And then we got out of Windsor. And uh, at the time, I was working uh, with my land serving company in Cornwall. We were doing the Highway 401 project there. And when I was there, there was no vacancies in the hotels. There was almost little to no Airbnb. So I started running the numbers on on having a property out there and renting it out or possibly Airbnb-ing it. Mm -hmm. Numbers made sense. So I jumped in and then from there, it just kind of really accelerated so cornwall is your your hot spot cornwall is my hot spot yeah and you still have windsor or no i still have windsor so you're just stretched from end to end i am <laughs> the I full am. the full length of the 401 pretty much i am i like driving out to cornwall a lot more than windsor oh really oh the sure. east end of toronto kills me for traffic yeah unless yeah. you take the 407 but i mean out of principle i just don't like paying for it <laughs> yeah so same thing with me right i live on the east end i live yeah. in Whitby. oh you live on the east so end so going through yeah. yeah going through mississauga and you know the traffic just oh yeah it. yeah the toronto traffic yeah i mean there's definitely an angle for somebody who wants to run like you know they're doing that little ferry that's going from st Catharines across uh, oh yeah it's like yeah, a hover yeah. hover boat so it'll go winter and and uh summer uh, there would be a market for that even to just bypass Toronto. Just take me from from like Bowmanville all the way over to uh, save Burlington. so much time. Oh, yeah. 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 Or even just St. Catharines. You could go from that way. So lots of uh, area for improvement for for traffic and getting Absolutely. around. Uh, okay. So tell me the story of, of Cornwall and, and what you started buying there and what you're buying there now. Cornwall. Um, I started purchasing my first two properties were a townhouse, two townhouses, and they're literally side by side. Mm -hmm. And both of these townhouses came on the market at the same time within like a few days of each other. I don't know why it's not, it mm -hmm. wasn't even the same owners. Um, um, but we, I was looking at the property, spoke to my wife about it and she said, go take a look at both of them. So I, I drove out, saw both. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of value add opportunity there. So I came back, spoke to, spoke to my wife and uh, I'm like, I don't know which one to, to put an offer on. And she's like, why don't we just get both? Mm. And I was like, hmm, that, that's actually a good idea. So put yeah. an offer on both. Uh, did not get them. Funny, no. uh, funny story. But um, I was like, okay, that sucks. But we'll mm. keep looking. Then the agent called me for the first one a few days later. And they're like, hey, are you still interested in this? The first buyer backed out. And I said, yeah, I'm interested, but at a lower price now. I kind of took a, a little bit of, a, of an advantage at that, mm. but that's where like the realtor 
experience comes in too, where you can yeah. kind of, you know, um, this realtor was working for you or were you working directly? With I was, the work, seller? I was working, uh, well, for myself. So the, the properties oh, were on the agent. market. I was oh, yeah, the yeah, agent yeah, representing agent. Yeah, right. my, myself. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of an advantage for me as well. And then, uh, ended up getting both of them, uh, you know, I uh, renovated them. I was, it was very hands-on because at the time I had nobody uh, there, no contractors, no trace. How long did it take you to drive up that way though? Like four hours, three hours? Three and a half to four hours. Yeah. Man, that's a long way. This episode is brought to you by Controlling Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor, and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode, and a member of his team will be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode. It was. To be doing the work yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. So I would, uh, yeah, you know, kudos to my wife. Uh, she's she's been amazing throughout all this. I would uh, drive up after work on Friday, stay overnight, stay in the place that I'm renovating, yeah. and then come back on Sunday night, and okay. uh, just kind of do that almost on a week, uh, every week yeah. for a month or two until the units were turned over. And then do you have kids. I do. So I had a one year old when I started, and during this whole thing, I had yeah. another kid. Uh, which made things more difficult because a very understanding wife. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I don't think my wife would be understanding about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's been great through all this. Yeah. Very, very supportive uh, throughout my career. Well, you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day. And I think, yeah, if, if your wife's on board with that and that's something you need to do, like I'm fortunate that I did a lot of that grinding, you know, back 2015 before kids. So, yeah. So that I don't have to do it now. Yeah. Um, no, it helps. But right? not to say that I'll never have to grind again. I mean, I think there's a time and a place. Yeah. You know, you, if you're working on a project, sometimes you got to grind. Sometimes you got to put in the effort, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially taking on a new endeavor, right? Like if you're investing in a new city or something like that, you got to do things that you wouldn't do otherwise. That that's, could, that's the thing, right? Like yeah. we knew, I knew contractors in yeah. Toronto, but nobody out yeah. there. And even if I did, you have to, you, you have to check on up on early on, early on. I mean, every contractor who sees an out of town investor, like they get the dollar signs in their eyes. Oh, yeah. well, I'll take that deposit. And then, you know, they might not show up for three months because uh, again, it's all who has the power in the relationship. And if they don't know you and you don't have any trust, you don't know if they're good, honest people, like who knows what exactly. happens, right? Yeah. As yeah. soon as they find out that I'm from Toronto, you yeah, know, it's like oh, change. Toronto. Oh, oh, yeah. So we'll take fifty percent up front. Exactly, exactly. So prices just shot up forty yeah. percent. Um, but yeah, so that's yeah. that's the situation, right? So you know, checking up on them, making sure projects are rolling, and even with that, with me going up every week, there were still issues with delays and them just not showing up. And what did you have to do? Were, were these uh, like <clears throat> like a gut or just cosmetic rentals? Uh, cosmetic rentals. Yeah, they're it's all a new cosmetic. kitchen kind of thing. No, actually, for for those two, I literally just repainted the cabinets. Paint the cabinets, um, change the handles. Change the handles, yeah. Uh, those two townhouses were built in the early 1920s, so they have all those antique handles for oh, the nice. doors uh, and antique handles for the kitchen cabinets. So I kept all the antique stuff. I stripped them down and I sprayed them yeah. uh, with a matte black. So it gave kind of kind of you know kept the the look yeah. of the property well, it's nice if you can salvage all that stuff they had the old tall baseboard trim and stuff that's right kept yeah. all that kept all that repainted yeah. it um and it ended up looking amazing because it has tall ceilings you know yeah. properties oh, back yeah. in the day they're, they they were built better ten feet and, like you find that that's the, right they weren't necessarily true two by fours but they were bigger than the ones that you have oh, yeah. now like the big beefy ones yeah depends yeah. if you go old enough they were actually true two by fours exactly yeah, yeah. So I actually had true two by fours in the town. Because there's one in between. So there's what we currently have today. There was one in between that. And then there's true two by fours. And I don't know the exact age, but like if you go back a hundred years, you're a true two by four. Yeah. They're flooring. The flooring yeah. that I have that that property is like an inch thick. It's it's yeah. true Douglas fir straight from BC. And yeah. and the guy that my neighbor who, who, who has lived there for almost 40 years, he actually started helping me in the renovation because he oh, yeah. saw me doing all this and he's like, hey, do you need help? And he turned out to be a very handy did you guy. Pay him? Of course I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's just helping you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, the you know the initial conversation started. He came over, saw what I was doing, and then he's like, "Do you need nice. any help?" And 
I was like, yeah, you know, I would love some help. And it turned out that he was actually a really, really good carpenter. Uh, yeah. An older gentleman, he can't take on too much work, but when but he, he does okay things. That, yeah. Especially yeah. when it's right next door, like some people, that's just the right thing. Keep them busy, gives them something to do. Yeah. Maybe you'll go take on another project after you're you're done, you know, kind of thing, because he, he realizes it's fun to work. That's right. Yeah. 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 So you build that trust with him. And then, yeah. uh, you know, he, um, when I was, when, when I had tenants in there, if there were issues, he would yeah. call me and say, hey, you know, the tenant came over and this is yeah. the issue. And I'm like, hey, if you can, if you can take care of it, great. If not, that's I amazing. Hire somebody that's else. amazing to have somebody like that. Yeah. And it made he, it a lot easier. Did he end up being a guy that would help you out around town as well? No, no. no so like I said, a, he's, he's right a little there. too old. So he has a very yeah. limited time on, on how much work he wants to do in a day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we started building teams out there. And went so from there. what year was that one done? Oh, man. This is this is probably uh, 2019. 2019. Yeah. Okay. Give Summer me an idea like price point back then that you were buying at and for what kind of cash flow. So those townhouses we picked up for about 145. Each. Uh, each yeah. yeah and uh i put in about 10 or 15 grand into them so you're uh, in for like 310 315 something like that uh 10 or 15 grand so i was in, in it for about 160 total 160 each yeah okay. not so 320 not, total yeah okay right. um and then from there um we refine we refinanced it uh last year and uh, they appraised it at 250 so i pull out all my money plus a little bit extra and i'm currently renting them for about 1700 1700 but cash flow is about uh yeah. with current interest rates because i am on variable Variables, with those yeah. two yeah um cash i'm still cash flowing about three four hundred on each three four hundred yeah and i guess they're supposed to be doing another raise today they did they did i think it's 0. 0.5 or 50 yeah, basis, 50 points. basis yeah. points yeah what was the last one wasn't mm -hmm. it like 0. 0.75 i think so yeah so they're slowing down i find that interesting um they're projecting another one in January, right? Yeah, they're going to keep going. You do a couple of half point ones from now on, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like there's no end in sight with that. But I mean, I could be wrong. Some people think it's going to be ending very soon. So that'd be great if it did. I hope so. That'd be great if it did. I mean, we'll get into that more later. Um, okay, so is, is it a thought for you like, to, to lock in at some point or... Uh, yeah. Well, not right now. It's too late, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of people are at that, well, it's too late, <laughs> but is it? <laughs> How much more have we got to go? I know. A key consideration now, I mean, is if you go back in time, yeah, of course, lock in then. But um, the key consideration now is if you lock in and interest rates were to fall, now you have an interest rate differential to yeah. break the mortgage, which would be very, very um, burdensome. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, which I think was why a lot of people don't want to. Um, I locked in a couple of mine last year back when it was at the Perfect lowest. Timing, I'm like, eh? <laughs> I'm like, it really can't go much lower, but it sure can go higher. And, uh, yeah, that was my thought process then. So fortunate, yeah, but, uh, this, this market, yeah, it's, it's not very fun. It kind of yeah. kills the game for a lot of people. So one of the reasons yeah. why I'm not considering locking in, even those, uh, any, any property that I have, that's a single family, I'm not considering locking in because right now I'm I'm, big, I'm looking more into bigger bigger buildings, bigger multifamily, yeah. and and I want that ability to maybe sell them off if I need to. So knowing that there's the inverse inverse correlation between interest rates and prices, the higher their interest rates, the lower the prices go. Um, does that concern you at all? Because I really don't think we've seen the end of the effects of these raises. These interest rate raises, I think it's a 24 month initial effect mm -hmm. for each interest rate raise to really feel the effects of it. It's going to take about 24 months to pay it, play out. Absolutely. So knowing that things are probably going to keep, keep trending down. Yeah, I think I think um, you know real estate is going to continue to to come down. Uh, as a realtor, you know I'm in the market and I see that the sellers still are are their mindset is still in the summertime, right? So the price that they want for their property, that's yeah. that's, that's that's they've already they're lagging. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a huge lag, especially in Cornwall area. They're still stuck on March March April yeah. prices. Um, so it's going to take some time for them to yeah. realize that. I think, I think the real opportunity today is those deals where the, the seller is motivated because you can get a smoking deal right now, that's a right. deal that will endure the next 15 years if, if that's what it takes, if yeah. that's what it takes. I don't know. It might, you know, we could be rebounded in five. I don't, there's not really precedent for that. But um, but I think that there's, there's potential to get the insane cash flow now because you can find something for way less fraction of what it, it used to cost. Yeah. And even though you're paying high interest rates, I would rather pay high interest rates and a low price than a high price and low interest rates. I agree. Because all it takes is for interest rates to change. That's right. And yeah. in Canada, we do this insane thing called a five-year term on a 30-year mortgage, which is absolutely certifiably insane. 
and they don't really do that in the states which is why i'm bullish on the states but um yeah so it, it just puts us in, a, in a, a position but i think there's a huge opportunity right now um is that kind of how you're looking at it trying to see the opportunity trying to prepare yourself for that opportunity absolutely yeah. uh so the opportunities that i see is you know a lot of people bought at the peak of them at the peak of the market mm-hmm. with low interest rate you know yeah. you're buying at the highest price with the lowest interest rate possible um when they come up for a renewal and i think that's going to come up probably in about the next year two three years depending on what term mm-hmm. they they got their, themselves set up with that's when you're really going to see um yeah you know prices fall and and people that yeah. have to sell not that they want to they're just and, and foreclosures to. exactly uh, not yeah. foreclosures power sales in, in ontario yeah, uh, yeah we're, I mean, we're gonna see that if you're looking at a, um, a one million dollar house which is well, um, less than the average that the gta was selling for a single family home mm-hmm. uh back in uh in february your mortgage was around three thousand three thousand five hundred now with the new interest mm-hmm. rate at current interest rate you're looking at six thousand so you're essentially doubling yeah. your mortgage oh, right that's wild. people can't afford that and then add cost of yeah. groceries cost of living gas and whatnot yeah. that's all gone up it's it's almost ridiculous if only people would really, like, I don't know. And I think in our community, a lot of people know exactly who to blame for all this. <laughs> I mean, of course, ourselves, number one, but our government, number one and two. Um, but I think in the general population, they don't they don't make that connection that they should be angry at their politicians for the spending and yeah. for everything they did that, yeah. that caused all this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm on the same boat as you. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, because will they stop? I don't think they will. I mean, I I think they're going to keep raising. And, and, and it's like... I, a grade six student, grade five student would understand the concept of supply and demand. More people are trying to buy something, prices go up. What they're doing with interest rates only suppresses the demand and it suppresses it uh, artificially. It's still there, but it's just throwing a blanket on it. That's right. Whereas what they could do is, you know, allow new drilling, allow, you know, energy grants, like incentivize people to come up with, with energy, uh, which would make everything more cheap, like everything cheaper. Once you have more energy, uh, you know, give people tax breaks to do uh, production here in Ontario and in, and in Canada, there's all kinds of things they can do to boost supply, which would bring our inflation down. And then we wouldn't need to hurt people this way. That's right. That they're doing with interest rates. Um, I just, you know, I just say this because I think it's important that people are aware. So if you do happen to be talking to somebody who has some influence on policy decisions, maybe you can give them an earful. Yeah, oh, for <laughs> sure. You know, I, I think yeah. I think the decisions uh, that was made the past couple of years was very quick. Was, you know, they didn't see the long term effects. And now they're slowly starting to see it. And yeah. they're kind of. But it was know, a true ignorance, right? It wasn't like. Absolutely. It wasn't that they couldn't see it. It's that they chose not to see it yeah. because I was calling it out. And I'm who, who am I? Like just some dude that talks into a microphone on, you know, in, in my basement at that time, yeah. <laughs> you know, like why, why was I able to see it and others don't? It's, it's not a factor of that. It's a choice. Yeah. So exactly. hopefully a lot of people have been seeing it though. And they're kind of set up, got a little bit of cash set aside for right now where we can, you know, take advantage and maybe go buy some stuff for, you know, cents on the dollar or maybe, yeah. you know, maybe get a couple of deals for half of their high uh, right now, which even if the values fluctuate at that price point, I feel like that's still quite potentially a good deal. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. There's definitely, uh, deals are coming, right? Deals are coming and they're here now. I think they're here now too, but I, I do think more are coming. Yeah. 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 I, I, I do see deals right now. I just yeah. don't think we're at a point where, like I can obviously get into one right now, right? Yeah. But I think if I just wait a little bit longer, sure. you'll see a better deal coming. There's no yeah. rush currently. And I feel like there'll be signals like interest rate, you know, they'll, they'll skip the interest rate hikes for, you know, several months and then you'll start to have an, uh, an inkling. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, I know like on Zolo house trends, I've seen that um, in Hamilton, for instance, month over month, we've had a couple of months of, of gain in average sale price. I mean, I think that that's just like volatility. I, I think that there is still more to come. Yeah. But um you know, I could be wrong about everything. I, I, <laughs> I give that <laughs> that caveat to anything I say. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you're looking at Windsor, like yeah. Windsor's doing pretty good too, right? Yeah, they're up a month over month. Exactly. A couple of months. So there's in a row. there's a few pockets in yeah. Ontario that's that's still up. Yeah. Right. And that might just be because relatively they were so cheap before. Exactly. Okay. So tell me about the next move you made in Cornwall, or or the kind of moves you're making now. Uh, like I said, so we're we're looking into getting into bigger multifamily. Yeah. The last move we made was get into an eightplex. Uh, so you have an eightplex in Cornwall. An eightplex in Cornwall. It's purpose built, yeah. all brick. Um, we got into that. Um, I think we closed on it back in June. 
Okay. Um, where we've already renovated four units. Uh, we just got two more tenants out, so we're we actually just started the renovation on that on Monday of this week. So we're looking to wrap those two up hopefully before the end of the year. Okay. And then there's one tenant in there that's that's a lifer. You know, it's uh, an elderly <laughs> couple and. I don't want to push them too much to get out. If they're going to stay, it's it's fine. I've tried so, to... Like you're doing the cash for keys things, like you've made those offers? That's right, yeah. So yeah. initially, actually, when, when we went in, we just we usually just go and introduce ourselves. Yeah. We don't go in and say, hey, we're, we're taking over, everybody's yeah. out kind of thing. Because uh, yeah. we don't want to set that kind of tone for our company, right? Yeah, okay. So we'll go in, we'll introduce ourselves, build a, a report with the tenants, and then be like, hey, you know, uh, we're looking to renovate this building. And... Um, you know, in order to do that, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to replace in your unit, but we yeah. can't do it with you living here. Yeah. So we we have to we have to get you out to do these renovations. Yeah. Uh, so you have two choices: you can leave uh, and come back legally, and we tell them what their actual options are, or you can leave. We can give you some incentive. We can even help you move. We can hire moving companies and whatnot, and you can find another place to live. Yeah. And the the usually the the question is how much you're going to give me? Yeah. And how long is this renovation going to take? Right. Yeah. So uh, we start low with the cash or keys. Uh, sometimes they say, "Okay, yeah, that's fine." And so what's low? Uh, two months rent. Right. Legally, we have to give them one month, but we start yeah, with you two give months them rent. One month with the N thirteen. Okay. Yeah. And then we start with two, and then and then kind of gradually go up from there. But you know what? We don't. Uh, we ask. We ask. We also ask them. You know, do you have any credit card debts? Can you? Ha- can yeah. we help you with that? You know, a lot of people, maybe they have a 1500 or a two grand credit card that, that they've been trying to pay off for the past year or yeah. two or whatnot. If we can step in there and take care of that for them, yeah, that's a huge burden off their shoulders, right? Yeah, and so, that probably means more than just a $1,500. Even if it's a $1,500 amount, just having a zeroed out credit card, they probably would like feel it, better. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. I do have many questions. So one is uh, obviously like, I'm assuming you've heard the Kyle Ford episode where he talked yeah. about doing that. Yeah. So you, you just do it up front. You don't wait until they get out to tell them the option. Hey, by the way, since you're out, <laughs> how about I give you a little money and you stay out? It really depends yeah. on the tenant, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, I don't know with, with my work, I, I think, uh, I, I, I communicate differently with different people yeah. I, and my partner, we play good cop, bad cop sometimes sure. as well. Uh, yeah. So he'll go in there as a good person, I'll come in as the bad person or vice versa. Um, but it really depends on the tenant. You know, when you're mm-hmm. when you're conversing with them, you yeah. can tell if they're okay with it, if they're, you know, they're thinking about it or yeah. if they're like a no. You know, yeah. I need a certain amount yeah. for me to even consider moving out. Okay. Well, I mean, but I mean, if you're doing the N13, they have no choice but to leave. That's right. Yeah. They have to go. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I hate moving. I'm sure most people do. So if you're already out and packed up and you've just done, you know, gone through months of packing your house and you're in the truck, do you, you know, do you really want to think about doing that all over again? Like you're going to go somewhere, live out of a box for, you know, the next 18 months and then come back. I mean, how is that going to work for anybody? Yeah. So, so the only reason why they would do that is if their current rent is so so low low that they'll do anything to to keep that. That's the problem that we run into Cornwall. Um, A lot of the rents for the buildings that we take over are extremely low. We're talking so they'll actually do that? Like even if you get to them when they're packed up in the moving truck? And they'll consider it. They'll we haven't had any tenants back. actually move back in. Yeah, yeah. Because I just know, feel we'll like keep that's bumping super it up unlikely unless, yeah, like you give them, of course they can, the word can get out, right? All you need is for a couple of tenants to talk. Oh, just hold out. They'll pay you more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we ran into that actually. There was an yeah. investor, uh, one a bigger player that bought a 50 plus unit building and he sent out a letter and he offered five grand to all the tenants. So this news got out. It was in the Cornwall paper and whatnot and everybody's reading it. So now the benchmark price is five grand. It's five grand now. But right? all you have to do is say, yeah, that's insane what he did. Um, we can't do that. So if you want to stay, great. That's exactly And then you just kind of like, but then you still serve them the N13. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go and then, you know, you offer them at that point. Do you want to stay? Um, if you do, fine. And if not, if, if you want to just get settled somewhere else here, like let's make it worth your while. Yeah. And yeah, everybody can win. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate business that it's like this. Like if everyone just paid market rent, you didn't have these people holding on to like $400 leases. Landlords wouldn't need to get sky high on the new rentals because they'd be making their cash flow on the old ones. I mean, exactly. of course, yeah. somebody else would argue, uh, you know, the greed, greed will prevail regardless. I, I'm not completely convinced of that because I, I talked to a guy, he came on the show, um, Andre Mikovacek, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and he was talking about how in New York State, as soon as they did the evictions ban, average rent went up 20%. Wow. 
yeah, so it, it ends up hurting. Everything that's intended, everything government does that intends to help actually hurts. <laughs> exactly. Again, just just worth talking about because, again, if you talk to somebody who has policy power, maybe let them know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's go through these rents. Like on this building, what what do you think it can be? Like as an eightplex, like, so, well, first off, what's the breakdown? <clears throat> so you have units one through eight. This episode is brought to you by the Investing in the U.S. Mastermind hosted by myself and Nick Van Dyke. The event is being hosted on March 4th, 2023. We will be starting bright and early in the morning and we'll be going right through until the end of the day. There's so much jam-packed into this. Nick, what are a few things that people could expect out of the day? It starts off with like the very simple aspect of like how to buy a property in the U.S., so we're going to talk about short-term rentals, multifamily properties, self-storage, uh, syndications, which are a big thing in the U.S. On top of that, you're going to learn like the nuts and bolts of basically, you know, how to open up a bank account, ITINs, EIN, legal structure. We're going to have some accountants there speaking, lenders on like how to get a mortgage in the U.S., whether you're going to get a mortgage from Canada or use a lender from the U.S. Part of this will be us sharing our experience, the people we've worked with, the connections we've made, uh, because ultimately we want to we want to shorten the learning curve. Both Nick and I have had our, our bumps and scrapes as we've gone through the learning process here, and we would love to just simplify it for people. If you're looking for more information, head to investinginthus.com. And for early action takers, the promo code EARLYBIRD can be applied at checkout for a 10% discount up until December 31st, 2022. So if you'd like to take action on this and you know you want to be a part of this mastermind, we'd love to see you there. Thanks. Now let's get back to the episode. Two beds, one bed. All one bedroom. All one beds. All okay. One bed. And what's the uh, what's the rent you think would be at market after you do your little, you know, minor reno? Uh, minor reno, you're looking at 12 or 13. But when we go in there, we 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 try to make our units the best. The Colorado, best? Right. Okay. So you're not doing... You're not doing that. Okay, so what are you getting up to for rents? Uh, right now we're getting 15. 1,500. Wow, that's cool. Is that market rent right now no. in Cornwall? No, I'd say for a one bedroom, you're probably looking at 12, 12 to 13. Okay. Uh, the thing with Cornwall, is it's, 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 it's a laggard city, right? So everything that's happening with the bigger cities like Toronto, I know yeah. that rents have gone up at least 20, 25%. Yeah. Cornwall, that hasn't happened yet, right? People are still yeah. in, in the lower rents that, that it was this past summer. So I think that's going to start to trickle. Oh, it's going to change. <clears throat> yeah, it's the yeah the rock in the pond thing. Like it, it will take time. Yeah, everyone takes time. The biggest hurdle, like the stock market, can change so quickly. Real estate market takes so long for for rents and for sales because people have it take time to adjust to the fact that their house isn't worth what it was. Rents aren't what they used to be. Yeah, they still think because there are examples of it out there that they can get it again. Yeah, yeah. So it takes time for sure. Okay, so twelve thousand is sort of your ideal best case scenario. Based on today's rents, but of course it could keep going up and you could be yeah. better than that. Yeah. Okay. So if you hit 12,000, what, what did you pay for the building? Uh, 900. And then your reno costs, if you were to get it to that state, what are they going to be? Uh, we're looking at about 200,000. Total? Yeah. And then you have obviously cash for keys with that included in the 200? No. So cash for keys, maybe factor in another, uh, if we do... You know, just for simply sake, let's do five grand a unit. Okay. Uh, so we're at uh, 40 grand to get everybody out. Okay, another 40. And then carrying costs? Uh, for the year, maybe put in like 10, 10 to 15. Yeah, okay. Now, of course, you're not going to like have the whole building vacant that whole time. No. Like you're going to start getting people in at the higher rents while That's you're right, yeah. it, right? So, so yeah, we'll, we'll throw in that 15 to be conservative. Um, so you're going to be in for like 115. Um, when you're done. Okay. Now let's run through, let's run through what your expenses look like. Um, are these permitted rentals or is this just cosmetic? I'm pretty permanent. Like you're getting permits? Oh, permits. No, no, no. So the, it's all cause, it's all cause, uh, cosmetic cosmetic. Rentals. Yeah. yeah okay. So we don't need permits for these. It's all flooring, kitchen, bathroom, yeah, okay. lighting fixtures and whatnot. That's but... great. In Florida, you'd need, you'd need a permit even if you're going to take cabinets off the wall. Really? It's wild. Yeah. What about flooring? Oh, flooring. I think you can get away with flooring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least one thing. Need a permit right. for an air conditioning swap out. It's it's wild. Yeah. Uh, you know, for a generally very conservative state that's very like, you know, government stay out of our business. That that's one of the weird odd things that's different from Ontario, where Ontario is a little bit looser. Um and roofs. You need a permit for a roof down there. Here people just do a roof. I there is a benefit to it, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think the cost outweighs it. We probably have a lot more stringent requirements for roofs. Over there, right? Well, the hurricane, hurricane factor, right? So, 
but there's nothing to stop like you know the government from educating people how to discern from a good contractor and a bad one yeah you know i'd prefer that money spend not not going there right now though all right so taxes what are you paying on this building uh about thirteen thousand. Thirteen thousand. Uh, insurance on that building. Oh, you knew I was going to ask you about I this did, one. I did. I did. I'm prepared. Insurance we're paying about four thousand. Four thousand. Uh, maintenance. Uh, maintenance. I put in at five percent. Okay, that's what I got. Um, utilities. Utilities. Uh, so hydro. The the tenants are paying except for the lights that we're that we have. So, so you have a one meter. We did about uh, yeah. We did a thousand for for hydro. So a thousand for for electric. Do you have water amount as well? Uh, we do. Yeah. So uh, water. We're doing forty five hundred. Okay. And this is an estimate. You don't have like a full year to. That is a full year. So in Cornwall, but you you don't have you haven't owned the building for a year, so you're just estimating. Uh, so we we take whatever the previous owner was paying for. Okay, for the so year. you got there, and then we add bills. a little bit. Yeah, you got their utility. That's okay. right. Yeah, awesome. When, when we did a due diligence, we asked for all the paperwork. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So then, then you have a gas amount. We as do well? have gas. Gas yeah, boiler. We have a boiler. Yeah. Okay. So we're at, we're at thirty four hundred for the gas there. Four hundred. Okay. Um management do you pay somebody or are you going to pay somebody yeah we have eight percent for management there okay and uh landscaping and snow removal uh do, 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 about 1500 okay and anything else any of the garbage removal do you have a dumpster no uh so all, all the tenants bring all their garbage to the okay front and is there a superintendent that you pay anything to no, no. well i mean I, things could change okay so i'll just leave like a 500 dollars miscellaneous there so you're going to be in for 1150 or 1155. One thing that uh, we're also implementing in that building is is we're providing internet for the residents if they okay. want it. Um, okay. And we're giving them a discount for what like Bell or Rogers would give them. So we're offering it to them for 50 a month. And we're uh, so far out of the all the new, we've put in four new tenants. Two of them have taken it on. Oh, so you are giving them internet? We're going to give them internet and we're charging 50 a month. So maybe. So you're just getting one for the building and then <coughs> distributing it to the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. What do you, like, can you get like gigabit um, internet there and then just do like one central? Or do you actually just do like coax into each, not coax, um, like Cat5? Yeah. We could do Cat5 or we can, six, we, can, we can do a mesh network and go throughout the whole building. Oh, okay. So um, you're going to do wireless for everybody. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. One one thing that we're also considering is turning one of the units into an Airbnb. That'd be cool. So um, is there demand for that there? There is. So we have we currently have an Airbnb in another uh, fourplex that we have, and it's been pretty successful. Uh, but we're trying to do this one as a mid to mid to midterm rental for professionals. Oh, this one. So you're going to furnish some we'll of these. Furnish one. Yeah. In the, in your rentals, did you cover furnish uh, furniture, or that would be on top if you did it? It'll be on top. Okay, so that's one possible solution here. I, we've sort of run it as a regular rental. Fine. Yeah. Let's keep running um, it as that. Okay, so we'll run it this way for now. Um, okay, so as far as financing, any idea what what it's going to be worth when you're done? Because you're in for like one one five five. So the the uh, the NOI that I've calculated, I think, I think it's about ninety three thousand uh, at the end after everything's okay. done, and then doing it at a six cap, we're looking at about one point five mil. Okay, at a six cap. Yeah. Okay, so if if you're worth one point five, let's just see. It all depends on when you go back to refi, right? Exactly. Yeah. So one one five, and you'd be getting like a seventy five percent first. Yes. Okay, on a twenty five year, and by that point, maybe six percent, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so if it's seventy five percent first, you're gonna be about a seventy one hundred mortgage payment, seventy two hundred, and you know, it looks like there'll be like nine hundred bucks in cash flow. Yeah. Which so then if you do some Airbnb, maybe you can get that up. That's maybe right. if, if rental rates come up more, then that'll uh, also help you. But in terms of your new mortgage, you will be in for let's see, that minus. If that works out, you'll you'll be cash in pocket on the burr. Yeah. So that'd be pretty cool. And then of course, if things keep coming down, you know, a bit as you do this and. You're in for a little bit. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty solid project. Yeah. Well, that's one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's the potential that some people stay longer. 
And then really what, what the variable would be would be the mortgage. Exactly. So they yeah. just won't give you as much if, if you're not covering your debt coverage ratio at one point. Yeah. What do they want, 1.2 or 1.1? 1. 1? Uh, I, I, we we always be conservative, so we're at doing 1. at 1.2. Yeah, 1.2 is is probably more common than 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, some residential lenders who do use this, who use a DCR for like their rental properties, they'll say 1.1 is okay. But then they'll have other expenses they build in that sort of ends up being it. yeah it ends up 1, like 1. that's the thing because they all calculate their 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 spreadsheets a little differently like the spreadsheet that i offer to people and you can download that through my website um that was based on what what lenders would use but every lender has their own internal calculation so like when i was brokering we would send that to them but well a version of that not exactly that and then they would just do their own tweaks yeah so yeah at the end of the day you don't necessarily know exactly how they're calculating it that's right but they will usually tell you oh we need a 1.2 dcr you know because they don't want brokers like wasting their time. Yeah, on the residential properties, yeah. uh, I found that different lenders use a different percentage of the rent, right? So you have like they might say, only use fifty percent. Some will yeah. use eighty. Eighty is good if they some do a hundred. Some do a hundred, but it's it's only a percentage of it, and um and it's an add back. Yeah. So they they, do, they factor one hundred percent of your expenses and only fifty percent or eighty percent or even a hundred percent of your rent. That still hurts you in your ratios. Uh, the best thing is when they'll do a, a debt coverage ratio like spreadsheet where if the property services, it's just wiped clean off of your your application. Nice. Those are the best because then they don't hinder you. Otherwise, like it, we're getting into real technical stuff with brokering. So I won't I won't go too deep down that rabbit hole. But it's good to know a little bit about that. Um, lender I've found to be pretty good with that for the residential side of Scotia. Like they. Which is amazing. Yeah. They, they basically do the thing where it sort of cancels out as long. I think as long as what does it work if like 70 percent of your rent will cover your property taxes and your mortgage then they just wipe it off and it doesn't even it's not even on your app yeah scotia's uh yeah. after we discovered how good scotia yeah. was that was our go-to yeah I, I feel like that's like most investors go to for for res and then on the commercial side it's like it could be anywhere a lot of credit unions a lot of things like that whoever gives you the best terms and yeah you know, best rates and whatnot yeah exactly like once you get into the commercial side of things, you'll find a lot more commonality between the lenders. And it's more who has an appetite for that specific geographic region. Yeah. Yeah. So for you in Cornwall, I, I would certainly be seeking out a local credit union that does business there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Is that, have you found yourself one of those? There's a local credit union, actually. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we spoke to them, uh, um, but we actually got a better rate through going through another broker that we know broker, uh, okay. who, who's not local. Uh, okay to to the area so yeah he might have been working with one of the bigger banks uh yeah 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 i would find you know in, in my brokering experience as well uh i'd start out with one like you know say bmo commercial guy that works out of toronto and i'd have a deal that's in london and they say oh let us connect you with this department that deals with that specific area and then yeah. you end up talking to them and, and work with them on that so um yeah it's you share this stuff because i think it's good to know a little bit about how it all works absolutely because yeah. then you can kind of factor that into your decision making it's good to have knowledge in every little step there is right so yeah um okay so so talk to me like you know we went through the numbers for that one that's great um conceptually what about the airbnb how's that deal look so the airbnb we have two airbnbs um one is part of a fourplex that we own. So we converted one of the units into an Airbnb yeah. and the other three units as a long-term rental. So what can that one unit, well, what is that one unit? Is it a one bed, a two bed? Two bed. So a two bed, how many people can sleep there in total? Like six, four? four? Okay, four. Um, so four bed in Cornwall, what's that do on Airbnb? Uh, average for the year, we're looking at about 2,200 a month. And do you have a full year of we do. reference for that? Yeah. So one unit that's 2,200. So why not make the other three units at the fourplex Airbnb as well? Um, I think my partner and I like security. Yeah. So like if we're not, if and and part of the reason was we wanted to get that full yeah. year uh, with the Airbnb. You wanted to see it to see before deciding. Perform, right? Okay, so there are some factors like Cornwall might regulate it, right? That's Do they right. have a policy on it yet? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they're looking because there's so many Airbnbs that popped up in the last year in Cornwall. It's it's what's the it's demand? Why do people want Airbnb in, in Cornwall? I don't know, right? And I mean, is it that they're like traveling in from the states? Are they going to Montreal and they can't quite make it? They want to just stay in Cornwall. <laughs> so there, I know why there's no availability in the summertime because there's a lot of infrastructure projects going on. There's a lot mm -hmm. of um, you know um, contractors that come and stay in Cornwall, but they have a flight sparse. school there too, don't they? I think they do. Uh, so NAV Canada has a program there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get a lot of pilots that are coming in. Mm -hmm. um, so you have the demand in summer for sure. 
you know, fall, summer, yeah. and so you spring. make more in the summer on yours, like absolutely, like five grand a month or something. Yeah, so okay. that's why I said the average across the across so the year. What's a what's a bad month for you there? Like what's a uh, slow month? January, February is probably our slowest. Yeah, so you might only rent it a few nights out of those months. Maybe fifty percent occupancy or less. Oh, okay, so fifty percent. So that's still still decent. So you're pricing at like one hundred fifty a night or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and they get their own apartment, you know, full, they yeah. can cook, they can do everything. So for, for them, they're looking at hotels near a similar price, but they don't get all the ability right. to cook and everything. Yeah. And what would your average stay be on something like that? Right now, our average stay is probably two or three nights. Okay. Yeah. We actually get a lot of people that are commuting from Toronto to maybe in Montreal or Ottawa. They'll make yeah. a stop in Cornwall, they'll sleep, and then they'll continue, right? So but isn't that out of the way for Ottawa? Or for Ottawa? Because you're past. Cornwall is past. Sorry, yeah. When it was, yeah. Sorry, Mont- I meant Montreal and, and Quebec. If they're City. going, oh, so they're coming from Montreal, they're going to Ottawa, they might just stay in Cornwall. Yeah, because yeah. Okay. to go to Tremblant, you have to go through uh, Montreal as well and go up, or you can go the other okay. way. But a lot of people just stick to... Highway 401, right? I mean, just being on 401, obviously, you're going to get people passing through that just, hey, where's the next city I can stay at? Yeah. And they stay. But then they might only stay one night if they do that. But you must get that. You must get last minute bookings where people just show up. We do. And and you know what? A lot of Airbnb hosts don't like the one-nighters. We like them because all they do is they just come in, they sleep, and then they leave. Yeah. So you're not really cleaning up a lot. There's not a lot of damage that's happening. They're they're literally just used the bed and they and maybe the bathroom and they left. Yeah. So, so how did you go about finding the team to do the cleaning and all that stuff there? So the the first cleaner we had for that Airbnb was the wife of our first contractor we hired in Cornwall, okay. and she just told us that hey she cleans. So she was she cleaned uh, the properties that we were renovating, yeah. and then we asked her hey would you be interested in maintaining this Airbnb if we were to set it up? She said yeah sure. Mm-hmm. So we we were initially using her, um, but then if you have a, a you know um, a one person show if they're sick or something happens yeah. and they can't go and clean, then that that impacts your business, right? Right. So we found a uh, cleaner that specializes in Airbnbs uh, in Cornwall, uh, and we started hiring them. They're obviously going to charge a little bit more, but you yeah. get the peace of mind that they have a, a team. So if one right. cleaner gets sick, they can send another one in. Yeah, and uh, that's how we have it. And set up do right they now. buy all the consumables and you bill you for it? Yeah, so we built a pretty good relationship with them. Um, you know, just last month we had a coffee machine break. Uh, a guest came; uh, they broke the the tariff. So. Uh, she sent us a photo. Mm. I sent it to Airbnb to, for the for the claim, but then she went out to Walmart, got just bought it, got a care for another coffee maker, yeah. and just replaced it. Does, does Airbnb are they easy with that kind of thing? Like they don't treat that as like a claim. Oh, you're making a claim. Like they just didn't reimburse you for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so far, Airbnb has actually been pretty good. But what yeah. we'd like to do for small things like that, we'll contact the guest first. Yeah, right? we'll say hey, because um, you don't want they don't want the ding on their record that's for right. like, breaking something. Okay, that's right. So we'll we'll let them know that hey. Um, for this particular guest where like I messaged him and said, Hey, this tariff is broken. Sometimes you might get pushed back. This one did a little bit. I'm like, well, it was, it was fine before you guys checked in. It's right. Yeah. The previous guest did use it. Yeah. So she said, okay, how much is it going to be? And I sent her the bill that my cleaner sent me. And I said, just pay this. I'm not going to charge anything else. Mm-hmm. And she did. So Nice. And how did she pay you through the, through the E-transfer. system? No, no. E-transfer. Because E-transfer. otherwise Airbnb takes a piece of it. I don't even know how that works, to yeah. be honest. If they're paying you for damage, I don't know if Airbnb yeah. will take a cut. But small things like I'm, that, I mean... I'm still relatively new to Airbnb. Like yeah. We ran our camp on it this summer, and it was, it was a learning experience. That's part of the reason I wanted to do it. So It's a very good platform. To, oh, yeah. To, it's, to, you pay for it, but it's very slick. Yeah. yeah it's obviously, their fees are pretty heavy. Yeah. And they charge the guest and you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... They're making good money in the process, but hey, that's what makes it a good idea. They are. Although yeah. I think people are... Um, people say that... Uh, I, I feel like I've heard that they're still losing money. Like they're still not a profitable company. That's what I've heard too. Yeah. Right. And and I'm like, how are they still losing money? Look at all this money that they're taking just from me. Right. Yeah. All they're really doing is is providing the platform, which yeah. they've solidified by now. They've been in the game for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's not like they're constantly researching and developing this yeah. this program. It's it's there. It's right? still a really good idea to not be exclusive to them. Yeah. Like it, I think for anybody in this business, have a backup, be yeah. able to do direct booking, get onto platforms that'll allow you to do, you know, direct booking with deposits and stuff, really super professional Absolutely, um, yeah. stuff because, you know, you never know. They change their policies one day and all of a sudden you don't want to deal with them anymore. Yeah. And then all of your business is with them. Yeah. I've always had that issue with any, any service provider. Like 
for instance, QuickBooks, I, I really don't like that they're the only one in the industry, like pretty much. Like there was FreshBooks for a bit. I don't think, I don't feel like that went anywhere. Maybe so now everybody's on QuickBooks Online. Books. So what happens if QuickBooks Online jacks their price to $1,000 a month? Yeah. Then what are people going to do if, yeah. if everything they have is on their system and there's no easy way to migrate off of it? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. We use QuickBooks Online. Everybody does. Well, right? <laughs> I mean, it's slick. It's really yeah. slick. But I don't like that. Like that, that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. It feels like a monopoly, right? It is. And all it takes is for them to change their policies, change their pricing, and all of a sudden what was cheap isn't. And then they keep jacking their prices. Uh, I was thinking about getting the desktop version of it because you yeah. can you can sort of accomplish the same thing if you save the file in like a Google Drive folder. Yeah. And then you can share between people. But then that's just adding to, yeah. to to the steps that you have to take. Oh, yeah. Right? It makes it harder. Yeah. <laughs> I but I mean, it's, sometimes you got you to gotta do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm still on like I have multiple, multiple accounts. Uh, like even in the U.S. I have an account and it's just like way more money there. It's like a thousand bucks a year. U.S. Really? Wow. I think it was 800 or 900 so much year. more in the States? Uh, I don't know. Just because they can. <laughs> just because they can. Anyway, something to keep in mind for all those people like switching over. Uh, the pro- platform is extremely slick. Uh, think about what you might do. Uh, keep records accordingly if you ever didn't want to be on that platform. Yeah. But it's tough to keep records. That's the one thing that uh, yeah. we had trouble with. Just, uh, you know, bookkeeping. I could so teach much a course time. on bookkeeping. I just, I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I've thought about it. I was I was about ready to do it. I'm like, mm, do people really want to know this or do they just want to hire somebody to do it? And uh, yeah. If I'm looking at it from a beginner investor's point of yeah. view, I would love to to take a course on proper yeah. bookkeeping because it's all a learning process, right? Yeah. Like the systems, like I've spent 11, 12 years refining how I track my books as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like 10, 12 years of being an entrepreneur. So yeah, that's a lot of learning. It, things didn't really get proper until I went to, to QuickBooks. Like Excel sheets, you know, you're not properly tracking the debits yeah. and credits on your account. Um, you know, you're kind of just coming up with totals and filing it into a tax return. Um, QBO, it, it's slick. You know, inter- interfaces with, with your bank accounts, and that way you don't miss things. I really do like that. I love nice. the fact that I can snap a photo of a, of a receipt. And yeah, just send it to the email and. It- no, automatically oh yeah, yeah that's, I heard it does that's the that. Best part. I don't use that that feature because I mean I always feel like I hate doing things from my phone. I like doing it in front of a computer, so I'd rather just get a stack of receipts, or ideally they're emailed to my uh, my inbox. And um, and then what I'll do, and I'll just share this because I think some people might find this valuable. Um, part of my paranoia with QuickBooks and what they might do is like they can store your invoices, but if you ever have to leave the platform, now all of a sudden you're abandoning all those invoices. So it would be very foolish to have only records on QuickBooks Online. So I keep I keep a copy on a, on a cloud drive as well. Yeah. Everything goes onto a cloud drive. I have a copy on the QBO for my accountant. My accountant's directly in there. Um, and then I, you know, at the end of the year, I can get all of my reports. And if I ever had to leave, I could just basically print the reports and say, see ya. Yeah. Um, don't want to, but <laughs> yeah. if it came to it, we could. At the end of the day, yeah. I think I think that's, that's a great idea to do it because, yeah. you know, cybersecurity is a, you know, yeah. hackers are getting smarter. Yeah. They're hacking bigger systems. So yeah. nobody's going to look after you. you got to look after your own self, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. You always got to take, yeah, take care of yourself. And so just make sure anybody doing that. And there's a million examples of that, right? If you have one property manager that does everything for you and they're the only show in town, you know, maybe you want to start your own company because uh, being, who holds the power in your relationships? Yeah. Always think about that. And, you know, that's a big thing I've found. Do you like, do you, where do you apply that in your business? Are you, are you thinking about that? And you're with your contractors, with, you know, your tenants, like, is that, is that an active thought you have? For what? Like who holds the power in your relationships? Oh yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Some people don't really think of it that way, but I think of it that way. Oh man. It's a tough one, right? But tenants are a sensitive subject, right? Uh, You want to treat your tenants with respect and dignity. Yeah. Um, but at 100%. the end of the day, you yeah. have to be firm with your decisions. Sure. You can't 100%. you can't become friends with your tenant. Oh, you know, Haran, I'm just going to be a week late with the rent. OK, that's fine. Yeah. I understand. But here's the notice still because, yeah, you're, of course, hey, I got to do, yeah, right? do this. Yeah. As per our policy yeah. of the company and, and whatnot. So you have yeah. to you have to look out for your own business. One hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, OK, so Haran, what's what's next on the uh, on the investing uh, plan for you? Honestly, you said, uh, you said Maltese, bigger Maltese. Multifamilies for yeah. sure. We're actively looking into that. Um, the one thing that really intrigued me was Bill 23 that uh, recently got released. Um, you know, Is the, this the Ontario bill? Yeah. Okay. The opportunity to develop land, the, the, um, you know, the roadblocks that were in place initially are 
essentially removed, right? They're they're very aggressive on how yeah. how many units they want to build in the next uh, eight yeah. years, I believe, by twenty thirty one. So I think uh, you know it's 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 an opportunity for us investors that um, yeah doesn't come around often, right? And if it's here and and the government's pushing development, yeah, why not get into it, right? Interesting. So for me as a land so how surveyor, do you see that? Yeah, how do you see that helping you? So uh, I'm just I'm just looking at it through a, a land surveyor's eyes. Um, I'm going to be looking at, at properties that I can uh, build on and develop, um, maybe sever and yeah. then build any, any opportunity. So if you can, can acquire extra that. land and I've always thought this, I mean, I mean, with the direction things are going, intensification is obviously the angle. Yeah. So if you have extra land, maybe you can't develop it now, but give it 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now you can develop three units on, on your land, right? Well, is that, that anywhere in to... Ontario? I think so. so I think it's anywhere in Ontario. Because yeah. that, that was the, the third unit. That's a bill that's actually not from this year. That's that's a little bit older, right? It is. Yeah, yeah it just hasn't been implemented everywhere yeah, yet. In Hamilton, actually, you can build four units uh, on your on your lot now. If you have enough space? Yeah. Like, give me an example of where you can do four. Uh, so let's, uh, let's say you have a deep enough lot. You can Maybe you can convert your single family unit into three, into a triplex, and then do okay. a garden suite in the back. And then garden suite. Okay, so even in, a, in a, like an R1 single-family residential zone. Yeah, so Bill 23 yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is essentially removing all those restrictions, right, for, for zoning. So you have the opportunity to, to build four plexes now. Um, you can build all the way up, up to a 10-plex, uh, provided that, you know, the zoning requirements are there. You're meeting the you yeah. know official plan requirements and whatnot. You're not just going into a regular subdivision. Yeah, you can't just go into a, yeah, one with nothing but single families and go put up a 10-plex. Like that's, that's right. You know the, the the pattern in 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 planning I've noticed is they want like with like like they don't want uh, one offs. You know if if you're gonna have fourplexes, they ideally want you next to other fourplexes. Exactly, yeah. it's gonna Things make like it that. a lot easier to get that. Yeah, yeah. Right? If you to want a commercial improved. building, go next to other commercial buildings. Yeah, and then it's you know it's a that's a and I think that generally applies in most places if you kind of if you take that approach. Not perfect, and then also not advice. There's always gonna be outliers. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I did want to ask you, uh, just looking at the market, obviously you think more opportunities are coming. I think they are too. I think there are opportunities now and I think there are even more coming. So with that in mind, are you in a holding pattern? Are you still ready to make a move if you find the right deal? I am. Yeah. Uh, so right now, um, we're, you know, we're just waiting. We're waiting for the right deal. Yeah. It comes on and I see a lot of value add. I'm going to jump on it, especially if the numbers make sense. I mean, uh, when we first started investing, we were running our interest rates at like five, six percent. Yeah, which is part of the reason why we're cash flowing on on all of our properties yeah. still. Um, and when 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 we're running the numbers now, we're not running it at six, seven percent. We're running at eight. Yeah, right. Just in case, like like we were mentioning <laughs> yes, earlier, we a, don't know. It's a good they, good move. They yeah. say it might stop increasing, but I I yeah. I don't believe them. Right, so it might continue to go up. They're they're the same. The they the, the guy from the the Bank of Canada was the one that said in in 2020. Yeah, that they were not going to raise interest rates until the end of 2023. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> you can believe what they say, right? Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, and then look what happened, right? The most aggressive uh, interest rate hikes in, in decades. Yeah. Right? I mean, the sooner you can l- realize that they, they're not honest about anything, they're entirely self-serving politicians. That's what I think. Sorry uh, sorry for those who that offends. Um, it makes life a lot easier once you acknowledge that truth. That's, then yeah. you just say, okay, well, I'm just going to play my own game then. Yeah. <laughs> then you're, not, you're just not going to be hard. And I'm going right? to tune it out. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. tune it out and focus on what I'm doing. And, yeah. you know, we'll hedge ourselves and make sure uh, that we're, we're in good position. Yeah. Yeah sure yeah yeah so like i said we're 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 ready to pounce on any deals that that come about we're looking i'm actually looking for a cottage right now it's oh, yeah? just for family you know I, I want that lifestyle i want to reap you know reap some rewards of the hard work that that we've been putting putting in the past couple of years yeah. i want somewhere for my kids to go and, and enjoy would you airbnb it or that'd be strictly family no i would airbnb it for sure i mean okay, we're, so in we're between right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so some people may not um yeah. Airbnb, their their personal one, but well, as long as you can like put your personal stuff somewhere and lock it up, yeah. and then yeah, you can have people in. So we have a yeah. a similar type of property. It's a single family home. It's mm. it's in the it's in the woods. It's river sited sited on a river, and we use that for when we go up there. Yeah. But that's being Airbnb, and all of our personal stuff, like the kids stuff, our family yeah. stuff, is all locked in the in this in the closet. So okay, yeah, yeah. As long as you can do that, I can't see the problem. Yeah, obviously my, my wife, so every time I bring that up, she says, no, I don't want people in our stuff. I'm like, well, there's probably a way we can make it work, right? Yeah. 
obviously you know everyone wants their personal space to stay their personal space yeah yeah but uh there's there's a little compromise so where would you buy if you're gonna grab a cottage i really love uh the Lano lakes area so frontenac um westport area um Kawartha Lakes. I feel, I feel like Kawartha Lakes is, is getting too overpopulated now. Um, so I really like the East End. So just north of Belleville, just north okay. of Kingston. Yeah. I love that area. Plus, it's only a two-hour drive for me. And I could make yeah. Highway 7 across, so I could take 401 yeah. across. So Instead of going up to Muskoka and just gridlock yeah. traffic the entire way up. And Yeah, like Hall- Halliburton, would that be like a, a popular spot? or It is a popular spot. Huntsville yeah. is a very popular spot, yeah. too. Yeah, obviously, Halliburton's old school. Halliburton's like... No one really knew about it. It sort of started becoming more more popular. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're typically looking in just uh, just north of Belleville, north of Kingston area. Cool. Um, aggressively looking. Oh yeah. So you're you're on you're hot on I'm it right on now. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what still if, want a deal. Still want a deal. Oh, yeah, of course, right. So what's I a mean, deal to you right now? Like, what do you what price point are you looking to pay? Oh man, it really depends, right? It, you want lakefront? Absolutely, it has to be waterfront. Okay, it has to be. That's non-negotiable for me. I don't, I don't want, and I don't want a property that's across a road. Yeah, you have to be right on front. the water, yeah. I have little kids. I you don't, want a dock, you want to, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to cross the road and, and stay with my kids while they're swimming. Yeah. I, you know, I want the opportunity to maybe be yeah. on the deck if possible and just watch them play in the yard Yeah, and not be so weary of, is, is the car going to go by or anything like that. Yeah. How old are your kids now? Four and two. Four and two. They're very active. So Yeah, man, I have a, almost one-year-old and he's crazy active so yeah wait till he starts walking i can imagine yeah he's into everything <laughs> like pulls all the drawers open pulls everything out oh, yeah. like yep constantly a danger to himself at every moment of every day yeah <laughs> yeah and, and you know what having two kids is not double the work I, i'd say it's triple the work triple the work okay. yeah yeah some people say it gets easier because they play with each other <laughs> they it, we're starting to see that now right um but yeah. initially no when they're always bickering and fighting over yeah. what toy. So that happens for the first couple of years. Fantastic. Then... Can't imagine that. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so uh, anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I can share some, some advice for beginner sure. investors. Um, uh, the one thing I can uh, share is um, learn, how to, learn how to read zoning, zoning maps. Um, get familiar okay. with the official plan of the yeah. area that you're investing in. Uh, don't rush, right? Do your do yeah. your research and where you're investing. Look at population growth. Look at major employers. Yeah. Um, you know, don't just don't just jump in. And uh, some lessons that I learned actually, um, when you're when you're beginning your investing journey, um, make sure that you go and talk to the right professionals. So a mortgage broker that yeah. specializes with investors, so they can yeah. set you up properly. Yeah. Don't just walk into your bank and be no, like, hey, I need that. a mortgage. Yeah. You can get good mobile specialists too, like like say for instance Scotia Bank. Like if you find one that works with investors, that could be amazing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Carry absolutely. on. You were, yeah. Um, let's see what else I got. Um, so permits, permits for a renovation can it can be beneficial to mm-hmm. newer investors, especially if you don't really know much about renovations, because it acts yeah. as a as an additional quality check. Sure. The inspectors coming in and checking up on your renovations, making sure it's yeah. conforming to the specs and standards, right? And yeah, like totally not advice, but, um, you know, even if you were to at very least, you know, hire a properly qualified designer and get them to, you know, design everything perfectly. That's and, right. And then, you know, that's a plan that you carry out. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously with permits, obviously. Okay. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> um, let's see what else do I got? Uh, you know, if, if you're going to be investing, especially if you're a big, uh, beginner network, get to know, yeah, get to know a lot of people. That's one of the most important things. Um, Maybe partner with an investor if you can. Learn the ropes. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Don't don't go in and you know lose your money uh, um, on the first investment deal. Yeah, I mean, work. Take less of a deal. Go be go be the grunt. Go go work your butt off. Yeah. Uh, because what a lot of people who have the knowledge don't have is the time. You know, yeah. a lot of people they've grown to a point. For instance, myself, like I don't put in the time to a single deal like I used to. Yeah. Whereas now, if somebody could work for me and leech from my knowledge. And you know, do the runaround, and and that's a win-win. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. the renovations yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you'll realize very quickly that what you think how long something would take is actually yeah. much longer or much quicker. Right. Yeah. Depending. Usually, yeah. it's longer. Yeah. I've I've been surprised in the other direction, but I I tend to overcompensate if I think it's going to take long. I'll be like, okay, I got to throw everything at this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's uh, that's about it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Where do people reach you or find you? 
Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Ness Investments Inc., or uh, you can reach out on Facebook, Haran uh, Afzalzadeh. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks for doing this. Uh, it was great chatting with you, learning about Cornwall. Uh, we've had a couple people talk about Cornwall, but not in this much depth. So that was great. And uh, yeah, I look forward to staying in touch now that we finally met. Awesome, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors. This episode is brought to you by the Investing in the U.S. Mastermind hosted by myself and Nick Van Dyke. Nick, let's talk about why it's so important to network with other people who are doing what you want to do. You're the average of the five people that you hang around with, so... When you go to events like these and you network with people that are wanting to do big things in their life, you know, generate more more income, wealth, more time, you know, all that good stuff. You know, you're, when you surround yourself with those people, you just automatically now want to essentially replicate that. And, and there's so much that can be accomplished by going to meetups and things like that. And those are all great. But when you focus in on a mastermind, these are people who are willing to invest in their education. They're determined to see an outcome. And it's a like-minded outcome with what you're looking to do. Uh, for me, that's huge. I really like nowadays how, you know, you and I are business friends. We're friends but you know it's not like my high school friends where we don't really talk about investing you and i we talk about investing when we get together or what we're working on and it it brings us both up we have a limited number of people that are that are going to be attending this event we only have so much space for them our hope is that you're going to have an opportunity to speak with everybody who's in attendance get to know what they're working on and that's why we're starting early and we're going right through uh to a dinner that we're including in the event uh to give you a chance to actually have those conversations if you're looking for more information, head to investinginthus.com. And for early action takers, the promo code EARLYBIRD can be applied at checkout for a 10% discount up until December 31st, 2022. So if you'd like to take action on this and you know you want to be a part of this mastermind, we'd love to see you there.